In life, you get what you put in. When you make a positive impact in someone else's life, you also make a positive impact in your own life. On that note, I welcome you to Nigeria The Good News on Radio Now 95.3 FM Lagos. I am Oprah Onyado. On Nigeria The Good News, we celebrate outstanding Nigerians who are making positive impact and changing lives through their works. Today, I will be speaking with Fatima Zara Umar. Fatima is a lawyer who has been championing the cause of women and youth inclusion in politics. She is the co-founder of Jaruma, an online women's magazine, as well as a host on Adikun Zamani, a program with BBC Hausa that interrogates harmful beliefs and practices. She was also on the list of 100 most influential Ariwa persons in 2016 and 2017. Fatima Zara Umar is currently the special assistant to the president of the Senate on gender. Glad to have you join us on Nigeria, the good news. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Just getting straight to it. Can you please share with us your journey into activism um, and especially as regards women and children, how it started for you and why this area? I've always been someone who hated injustice, I guess. And uh, you didn't mention in your introduction that I'm the creator of Divorce Diary. That's really where my journey started. Mm. Um, years ago, I got divorced and then it kind of, you know how everyone says they have like a feminist awakening? Mm. For me, that was my feminist awakening. <laughs> it was such a realization that there's a difference between what I'm going through and what my ex-husband was going through. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm subject to certain things that he's not uh, uh, subject to. And really, that's how it started. I had always been someone who hated injustice, like I said, and that's why I became a lawyer. Mm. So when that happened, I felt like I had to be a voice for other people. And that is how I started writing Divorce Diaries. And Divorce Diaries was basically, you know, stories of women, especially northern, in northern Nigeria, who had gotten divorced and the things that they went through. So as I was researching and interviewing and doing Divorce Diaries, I was realizing that there's a lot of unfairness and really patriarchy is real. Mm. And... I mean, it just kind of just naturally became my battle. I just felt like God put me through that journey for me to be a voice for others who were powerless. You know, here we are. Awesome work with Divorce Diaries as well. And what's the scope of your work from Divorce Diaries? How did you progress and move on to focusing on, you know, youth and women inclusion? Like I said, I've always been someone who who has hated injustice. Mm. My father was one of the people who uh, were like the first members of PRP 70, the People's Redemption Party. So I grew up around all this communist literature, all this uh, socialist literature. And for me, it was like, okay, I need to join politics. And then when I joined politics again, it felt like there was no space for people like me. I didn't want to be the only woman in a room. Mm. I didn't want to be the only young person in a room. And again, I felt like, you know what, we have to encourage other people like us to sit in those rooms that we sit in. We have to encourage um, young people to join politics so that they can be at the table when decisions are made that affect their lives. Mm. You know, so 
from from before the word dies, I was in politics. I was in um, uh, CTC originally, and then now APC, that's the All Progressive Congress. Mm. So instead of just staying online or out of the political realm and complaining about how everything is going wrong, I just decided, you know what, I'm going to try and see what I can do from the inside. And I'm going to try and advocate for laws to change and advocate for party constitution change to accommodate people like us. So that when we are older, younger people will take over because really the country belongs to younger people. Mm. <laughs> and can you share with us some of the challenges um, you encountered at the point where you decided that you have to join politics? encounter any challenge because like I said um, going in really because I was kind of like from a family that was politically conscious and all that. The main challenge was when I when I joined being taken seriously by people in the party. Mm. Because you know you join a political party at 20 what, what are you doing in a political party at 22? <laughs> yes. They can't make you, like you're not a thug, they can't make you go and meet somebody. So you're there with your English and your fancy degrees and they just don't know what to do with you. Mm. <laughs> and then on top of that, you're a woman. So the narrative had to change. And in essence, that class of women um, from 2000 and 2010 to now that we joined politics then, we had to create space for ourselves. They had to figure out what are we going to do with these women. They're mm. not... We're not woman leader material in that sense. You know, we're not going to just buy a shirby and go and dance at an airport. Mm. We actually have input and we demand answers, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was difficult at first, but I mean, once you prove yourself once, twice, three times, they get the message that you're not typical and you're not here to make noise. Mm. You actually mean what you say. It, it kind of got easier as, as as the years went by. And I'm so happy because there are women who are behind us, you know, and I cannot wait to see what they do with their own platforms and with the spaces they have within the political arena. Mm. And, and Ma, let's talk about Jerima, which is like the online women's magazine. How, yeah. is the, how has its impact been so far? Um, wow. When Jaruma started, we, we, we did not think, uh, Barat Mercedes and I, we did not think it would become what it became. We were just messing about trying to create a platform for women like us, mm. you know, for them to feel like they belong. And then it, I think it resonated with a lot of women and we kind of carved a niche for ourselves and it kind of affected, it became like a lifestyle somewhat at some point. Mm. Because we were having the discussions that nobody else wanted to have, which is what kind of cascaded into Ajikon Zamani. Jaruma came and changed the, the online space and the online discussion for Northern women because we were going to talk about the things that nobody wanted to talk about. We we're talking about mental health and we were letting people write, you know, we we're encouraging young female writers to come and write on our platform because mainstream platforms were not publishing women like us. They mm. were publishing, you know, like the Lagos cycle. Nobody was listening to us mainstream. So we decided, you know what, well, let's do our thing. And it, it, I mean, I'm so proud of, of the work that we did and what is going on up to now. Um, also, Daruma, not to be confused with the sex therapist piece. <laughs> yes, yes, please. <laughs> I feel like I need to say that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Jaruma is the online platform for intellectual, strong feminist uh, uh, discussions for Northern Nigerian mm. women. 
And I, I really want to know is because I've been hearing obviously we you're championing the rise of more intellectual discussion among the youth yeah. and women, but is the, your scope of work only limited to the north and northern women? Yes, to be honest, that is my constituency. You know, I, I've gotten this question a lot where people say, "Well, why don't you include women from other parts of the country?" It's not like I'm being deliberately exclusionary, mm. but we are, you know, generally women in Nigeria are disadvantaged, but we are also the most disadvantaged when you look at it, especially when it comes to expressing ourselves and living our life on our own terms. Mm. And for me, yes, women will always come first, but also charity begins at home. I have to take care of my people. Mm. You know, I I don't, I'm not a tribalist or a, you know, a regionalist or whatever, or a bigot or whatever, but I, this is where I started, you know, never alienate your base. Mm. Women is my, women, youth, that's my major uh, focus. If you're just joining us, this is Nigeria, the good news. And I have been speaking with Fatima Zara Umar, a woman and youth activist, and also the special assistant to the Senate president on gender. Ms. Fatima, thank you so much. So far, we've been having such an engaging yeah. conversation. Right now, I would yeah. like to ask, what has been the feedback um, from beneficiaries and indeed the women who are coming after yourself from Jaruma, from the feminist intellectual conversation so far? I mean, the, the feedback has been, we're hungry. We're hungry for more and we, we have things to say. Um, I really like it when I see women in their 20s challenging the status quo like we did. You mm. know, I, it, it's, such, it's like the ultimate reward for everything that we've done because you, you've taught them that it's okay for them to not be typical. It's okay for them to be themselves. And that is very, very important, I think, for women all over the world, that it is important for a woman to know it is okay for her to be herself. Mm. It is okay for her to have her thoughts and her opinions and that those opinions matter. Not that she has to be a certain way and if she's not that that particular way, then something is wrong with her. So that is the feedback I've gotten. When you speak of beneficiaries also, um, I mean, I always like to say some of the brightest uh, young female writers from the North, some of them, you probably read of them. The first time you read of them or you read their work was on Jaruma. I'm so proud of that. Uh, Aisha Salahuddin, Hawasha Finuhu. Mm. It's, it's something that, you know, you, you feel really, really good that you, you gave somebody that platform mm. to, yes, to, to, you know, to express, expand their ideas and to write and to see. So for me, that is, that, that is like the ultimate joy to see younger women, women coming behind you say, we're going to take it further than you did mm. and we're going to challenge this article. Indeed, pure joy. And, uh, and in yeah. 2016 and of 2017 as well, you yeah. were listed among the 100 influential people in Arua. How was the feeling like? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I like I don't really know what um the criteria was, but like I, when I first saw it, they sent me a message that oh this is coming out on Tuesday. Mm. I was like Miss Influencer, how <laughs> like <laughs> you know? But I mean, it was it was nice that you know our work was being recognized. Nice. But you know, you, I still wonder what 
I wonder what they saw. I wonder what they they, they thought of to think that I am influential. I'm like you know the alumni of that list. They are very serious people. Mm-hmm. And me, I'm just here writing my stories. <laughs> I'm going to the village to do a different ceremony, and yet you know they they thought that what I was doing was influential enough. So it was it was nice, but I'm still surprised that I, I made that. <laughs> I made that <laughs> I'm not honest. surprised. On, on the bad. Yes, and what has been, I don't know if you have, I would love to know, but what has been your most memorable moment so wow, far? Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> so many memorable moments. <laughs> but I think, um, so there's this Kaduna uh, Books and Arts Festival. Yes. That uh, normally happens every year, but we haven't had it because this of Corona. Co- yes. So my mother is like a very, very traditional woman you know what i mean like mm. very very traditional and she has she you know up until that point she didn't really agree with what i was doing and she didn't really like you know what's behind what is all this nonsense but it was such an important thing for me that she i was on a panel about feminism and she attended the panel and she stood up and she was clapping for mm. me it was such a big deal it was such a big deal for me that and she was like, yeah, so I didn't know this is all, this is all the stuff you've been working on. I'm so proud of you. This is, women need this, we need this. So yeah, that was, um, that was, that changed the game for me because I felt like I could do anything wow. after that. Yeah. And then maybe the second most memorable moment is, um, you know, the first time that the work died went viral and you had people from outside Nigeria sending us emails to say, that's my story. Thank you. For telling my story. Before we go on, let's hear from some of the beneficiaries of your work. My name is Mariam Ado. I'm Kanuri from Northern Nigeria and I'm a fan and follower of Sarah Omar's Adi Konzamani on BBC Hausa and Divorce Diaries on Jaruma Magazine website and Twitter. I've benefited from this following discussions on Adi Konzamani and reading Divorce Diaries a lot. Best of which is recognizing when another woman, sometimes man, is crying for help in their marriage due to one toxicity or the other. And this is because Zara Omar has created uh, platforms where northern women, sometimes men, felt safe enough to come out and tell their stories and own their truths. I believe there is a pattern to every ill that plagues us and um, only having honest discussions about them can help us recognize when these patterns begin to take shape and also help us implement the best ways to tackle them before they get too bad. And Sarah has made it possible for Northerners to actually have those honest discussions around um, divorce, abuse, other toxic elements in some marriages that were taboos to talk about in the past. Um, my name is Hasta Damaina. I am one of the facilitators of the Arewa Me Too movement and um, also the North Normal campaign. Um, Fatima Zava Umar, um, <laughs> I like to think of myself as her replica. Because if nothing, um, she endorsed my being, uh, seeing her do stuff, seeing her question things. I mean, since when she was working with the BBC, 
seen a northern woman talk about societal issue issues that other people normally hide away from um but seeing her bringing it to light especially as it concerns women seeing her do so unapologetically reinforced the idea in me that somehow a girl like me can also just be and not only just be that i can be whatever i want to be those are some of the people who have benefited from fatima zara umar's work moving on it is important because you you mentioned having gone to rural areas and villages when yeah. you were working with adiko and zamani so can you walk us through your experience and your journey through that i mean adiko and zamani was like an eye-opening experience for me we tend to be disconnected from the reality of rural women in nigeria especially in feminist discourse mm. nobody nobody really talks about them. And Adiko Zamani gave me the chance to see for myself what the problems were, what the issues were. You go and sit down. We always come, you know, from the cities, we come with this savior complex. Yes. And we come with this savior attitude that we know what is better for them and we know what is good for them. It was such a humbling experience because, you know, basically they had the same problems that we did, but they didn't have the options that we did yeah. do. Yeah. So, for instance, if somebody is um, if she if she wants to go to the hospital, she doesn't have that choice. It depends on somebody else's mood, whether mm. she's going to go to the hospital that day or not. So while we come from the city thinking, okay, we need to build more hospitals, the issue is actually, does she even have enough agency to go to hospital on her own? Mm. Is that something that she can decide for herself? So for me, doing Adiko was was an eye-opener and then the feedback for Adiko was that because we were also talking about we were talking about menstruation mm. we were talking about sex we were talking about menopause we were talking about all these things that were taboo and because it was on the BBC World Service when their husbands were listening on radio they were also listening Mm. And it was amazing, like you're famous in rural Nigeria because they tell you, oh, I didn't know I needed to use so-so-so for so-so. I didn't know that the heat I feel is not spiritual. Mm. Menopause, thank you mm. for talking about that. You know, so it was an eye-opener and then it made my politics more personal. Mm. Because I just realized that you cannot keep such a large chunk of your population stuck in 1942. They have to come and join the rest of the world mm. where we are. Yes. And that is why when we were campaigning, I was on the Women's Committee, I was campaigning for women individually because of the experience from Adikon Germany. Mm. I realized that we don't talk to people, we talk down on them. Mm. I think Adiko is the most meaningful work I've ever done, to mm. be honest with you. Mm. I think it's because you will never know how much impact it has had on end on so many women, on even so many men. Because you can imagine when we started, it was controversial to talk about sanitary pads. Mm. But by the time we were done, we were already we were even talking about sexual pleasure, and we were talking about <laughs> orgasms. You know. <laughs> Like I said, I like to talk about things that nobody talks about. And that's a good thing. We need someone to do that more. Yeah, I mean, you get in trouble, but, you know, it's good trouble. <laughs> it's good trouble. Mm. And, and with all this, the amazing yeah. work that you've been involved with, in it, do you find time to relax? Uh, uh, I think relaxing is for old people. I don't think that... <laughs> 
I don't primarily think that in my 30s it should be a priority, mm. you know, though maybe people might disagree. But I just feel like now that you have the energy bar, mm. just do what you have before start losing energy and before you're unable to do anything. And it's so scary how you can be here today and you're not here tomorrow. True. So you, you take advantage of every day, you know, because you don't know how much time you have. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if you're going to see next week. So, you know, that kind of, that's what drives me. I read sometimes. Oh, interesting. I like to read, but generally I read for work, but I like to read, you know, African fiction is my favorite genre. Mm. So when I take time off, I'll probably spend that time reading or watching a movie. Music? Yeah, Do you listen to music? music? Yeah, I'm a hip-hop head, which will surprise you. <laughs> You know, I'm currently mourning the death of DMX. But I think that's for another show. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a hip-hop head. Um, a lot of my social uh, consciousness when I was younger also came from the kind of music I was listening to. I was listening to Public Enemy and Tupac. Hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, it's amazing. And I would like to know your favorite song. My favorite song. I have so many. Um, But I think, wow, wow. My favorite song in the world would be Amy Winehouse. Mm. Love is a Losing Game. Wow. I can listen to that song forever and ever. But it's kind of like a sad, mm. you know. Mm. But I, I don't know. I just love that song. But if you want to play a rap song, it would be a Tupac song, Letter to My Unborn. Mm. That's my favorite rap song ever. Why? I, you know, it, it's a she's a storyteller, yeah. So mm. letter to my unborn child is you know he had a premonition that he was not going to meet that child. So mm. he's writing a letter to the child. This is how the world is, and this is how you should conduct yourself in the world because I may not be here to guide you as your father. But <laughs> but for me, really, music has to it has to carry some sort of soul, some sort of lesson, some sort of story. Mm. And here is Tupac's letter to my unborn child. To my unborn child. To my unborn unborn child. In case I don't make it. To my unborn child. To my unborn child. Many things learned in prison Blessed and still living Trying to earn every penny that I'm getting And reminiscing to the beginning of my mission When I was conceived and came to be in this position My mama was a panther loud Single parent but she proud When she witnessed baby boy rip a crowd To school but I dropped out And left the house Cause my mama say I'm good for nothing So I'm out since I only got one life to live God forgive me for my sins Let me make it and I'll never steal again Or deal again My only friend is my misery Wanting revenge for the agony they did to me See my life ain't promised but it sure gets better Hope you understand my love letter to my unborn child Places. Tell the world I feel guilty to being anxious Ain't no way in hell that I could ever be a rapist It's on the face, this cold world on a good day When will they let the little kids in the hood play? I got shot five times but I'm still breathing Living proof there's a God if you need a reason Can I believe in my own faith? Will I raise my kids in the right or the wrong way? Dear mama, I'm a man now I wanna make it on my own, not a handout Make way for a whirlwind prophesied I wanna go in peace 
when I gotta die On these cold streets, ain't no love, no mercy, and no friends In case you never see my face again To my unborn child To my unborn child In case I pass away with my child, get the feel love Or oh, we all just curse to be street thugs Cause being black hurts And even worse if you speak first Living my life as an outlaw What could be worse? Cause maybe if I tried to change who I'm kidding I'm a thug till I die I'm a ride and man touch bases Eat lunch and plus places Regular criminal oasis awaits us If there's a ghetto for true thugs, I'll see you there And I'm sorry for not being there Just know your daddy was a soldier Me against the world, best of poison All my little girls What are your projections for Nigeria in the next 10 years, especially in terms of youth and women participation in politics? Well, so the, it, 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 it's good on one hand and then it's bad on the other hand. Mm. The good news is that there are certain structural adjustments that are happening right now that are going to make it impossible for the exclusion of the past to continue. Mm. So, for instance, there are constitutional amendments that are on the way. There are party amendments that are on the way that will mandate fairness when it comes to gender and age. So, for instance, they have already um, started cutting down the number of years for running for an office. They've pegged a number or, you know, they've pegged an age for being a youth leader. Mm. They've they are trying to, to force parties to include at least two young people uh, award exco and so on and so forth. And that, that excites me. But then the problem is also you cannot legislate everything. Nigeria's problem is enforcement and implementation. So if we are working so hard to write down all the beautiful laws and say we must have adequate youth and, and women representation. Who is going to enforce these laws? Who is going to implement? That's my fear. Who is going to implement these laws? 
I, we tend to have an obsession with individualizing these struggles. Mm. These things should not be individualized. It should be something that's structural. So that today is that not there, that, that rule must always apply. There's no need for me to continue advocating for women and youth in 10 years. But I hope, it's good to have hope, I hope that the, the, the laws we are putting in place by the time we leave office, I hope that it will be so entrenched within the structure and the culture. Wow, a great way to end the show. Thank you so much for speaking Thank with us, so Fatima. Thank you. And hope is being able to see that there is light despite all of the darkness. We have been speaking to Fatima Zara Umar, a lawyer who has been championing the cause of women and youth inclusion in politics. She's the co-founder of Germa, an online women's magazine, as well as a host on Adikun Zamani, a program with BBC Hausa that interrogates harmful beliefs and practices. As she has said, she is one who finds comfort in having the difficult conversations. It has been an absolute delight here on Nigeria, the good news. Thank you again. Fatima. Thank you so much. Thank you. My name is Oprah Nyado. Good evening.